Hey there, tape heads. It is time to make us a mixtape. I'm your host, Marty DeRosa. I'm Paul Farvar. And what we do here every week is have uh, one of our very funny friends come into the uh, Music Insider studio and present us with a five-song mixtape. It's only five songs. I know it's hard. I know you wish it were more, but we are on a time constraint. We're Those trying to rules. live our lives. Those are the rules. And with us this week, we have a guest. We've been guestless for a while. We've been... Uh, Challenging been, ourselves to come up with mixtapes. I felt like la- so lazy today that I didn't have to like come up with a, a mixer or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, we had all this time to to just think about the this mix, which we've had for a while because we were supposed to have this guest on right before COVID and then everything had to wait. You may know him from his podcast, Kilgallen's Pub. You may have seen him performing on the stages all over the world. It's Joe Kilgallen. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, guys. This is, I'm excited to do this because it's been you know in the making for a while. It has and been in the making. You're for uh, three, four months. I've always enjoyed talking music with you, Marty. You as well, Paul. So thank you both for having me on. You are a music insider uh, on certain music, for sure, if not all. Have you... Uh, I dabble in all genres. <laughs> have you made a mixtape for anybody? Oh yeah, back my, in the day, my wife. Several. Nice. Really? Well, we started dating in high school, man. So this is like okay. two thousand. What kind of music does your wife listen to? She is not like the biggest music buff per se. Okay. Not really. So she just kind of like you know standard top forty on the radio, and then um, okay. She likes Taylor Swift. Sure. I took her to a Taylor Swift concert yeah, in two thousand ten or eleven or something like that. You know what I like? Country Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. No, not two thousand ten. Really? It was like Still? the Speak Now tour or oh, something. Okay. Like that. She uh, she'll always have. Uh, people on like especially she did like a, a bunch of shows in LA and she'll have on people who like she dug in the past to do like a song well she has she closes out with a special guest yeah in shows and uh, and for one of her I don't know, it was her birthday or friend's birthday she got the dashboard confessional dude to do like an acoustic concert for all of them at her house oh that's cool and he I was like, like yeah I just got like her agent called my agent and like here's the money here's the private jet and she's like yeah I'll be there She's got some good songs. I think people I think wanted so to hate her because it was easy to hate her, but she's she's looked pretty legit. Absolutely, Joe. And, agree uh, with all. I agree. But you, so you made you've made your wife mixtapes. Yeah, I think back then I can't remember what would be on it. I'd have like a mix of like lovey. What was your songs. setup? What, what was your setup? Was this like Napster? Or? I had Napster. No, I had uh, what was the other one? Kazaa or Kazan? Yeah, Kazaa. Kazaa. Yeah, Kazaa. yeah. I had Kazaa, and then I remember downloading porn on Kazaa and it ruined Kazaa. And uh, yeah, I had some like I had a fun mix. I remember having like. A couple Madonna songs in there, a couple sure. like, you know, high school love songs. Like, what's that big uh, Brian Adams song? Everything, like I, do, Everything I, do I do, I do for you. Yeah. From Definitely. the Robin Hood soundtrack. Is that from Robin Hood? From the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack. <sighs> Kevin Costner, that one, right? Not yeah. Ryan Adams. Brian. No, Brian. That's, Brian, yeah. That's I still the don't first, know who Ryan Adams is, but the, anyway. don't worry about it. The, the first know. time the, the confusion has been the other way, because usually when you say Ryan Adams, On this like, podcast, Brian Adams. more people talk about Ryan yeah. Adams. Yeah. But then you were actually talking about the Brian Adams. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. She was a Dixie Chicks fan, or still yeah. is. The, the, chicks. the chicks, as we refer the to chicks them now. The chicks now, yeah. I know my, na- my name is Earl was a big hit we're calling, for her. We're going to call them the Spider Chicks. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> spider Chicks. What was, uh, did you have like themes, or were they like all like, uh, did you like have names for your for your mixtapes? Yeah, I remember probably having one that was like a party mix, where I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to put on in a party. Yeah. And it was like hype stuff, yeah. but it was also some fun dance stuff. Do you stuff. remember any of those songs that you knew would get the party going? This is how we do it. Yes, like I did. A because, DM, like a DMX song or something like that. Oh, Nelly <laughs> EI would okay. get the party going. Sure. I had a mix, and this is in high school. I went to high school from uh, 99 to 03. And I know like 02, 03 making playlists, I would always throw in a, a classic oldies 
dance song oh, to mix okay. in with the present new stuff. What do you mean, like an oldies? I have like Montel Jordan. It's you know Friday night. Oh, the oldies. Okay, <laughs> that's not I'm even like, an oldies. I thought you were gonna be like, "Hello, my baby. Hello, my cutie. Hello, my." Oh no, 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 no. Okay, so and even Montel Jordan, and that'd be sure. That song was like 1997. So playing that on a 2003 remix is not insane. Nobody would be like, sure. "What dude? That's six years old." Like no one was doing that shit. But I'd throw that on there. And then have like George Harrison, I've got my mind set on you. Sure. And nobody would complain. They'd hey. be like, dude, I haven't heard this song Listen, in forever. That my mom song, likes this song. That song's a banger. Hey, fuck yeah, it is, Hey, man. do you know there's two, vis- two d- versions of videos for that song? I did not know that. The one everyone's used to where he's sitting there and like the clock is moving. Everything's and moving. And then there's That's a- cool. But there's an old one where like, I think like it's like, it looks like an old like 50s where they're like looking into something and they see him singing. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> Clearly songs. they were like, do it again. A song you were playing before, Oasis Live Forever, has two versions, an American music video version and the UK one. Yeah, it's always wild. I the just American found out. one has like all these rock musicians like in a, on a screen in the background that are dead. Oh. Yeah, they had like Kirk Cobain on it, Jimi Hendrix, like all oh. these famous were. But then the one in the UK, they had a chair that was like nailed into the side of a building and Liam's just sitting on it singing from it. Looks That's the one cool, I've actually. seen. Okay. Yeah, that one looks good. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. Not on a rooftop. Wait, they had Kirk, Co- but that song is from when Kirk Cobain was alive. No, it came out about five months after he died. Oh, okay. Yeah, that album was released September 94. of 94, and gotcha. he died in April. You've I know. Always, because I was you've curious. always been on the Oasis train? You know, no. I've gotten way more into them the last, since the documentary came out in 2016. Okay. There's a documentary called Super Sonic. It's on Netflix, yeah. everyone. My younger brother, who's 22 now, is was really no Oasis then, and he's like, oh, I want to watch this documentary. And so okay. we ordered it on demand. Like when I was at my parents' house for yeah. like over Christmas break, whenever it came out or something. Okay. His Christmas break, he was in. And you've all high and okay at the time he was in high school. I think maybe his freshman year of college. Anyway, but I when when Oasis was big in the mid '90s, I liked them enough. Like mm-hmm. I had Morning Glory on CD. I don't think I had definitely maybe okay. or Be Here Now. Oh, you didn't have Be Here Now. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it's underrated now. I know people really. Shut the what a problem was it's too long. The songs are all six minutes long, which is insane. Yeah. But there are some great songs. They were in the all of doing it. a bunch of coke, and they didn't want to tell the big man. That was a bad album. They didn't want to tell Noel, hey, let's fucking tie yeah. it up. He even says, he goes, I wish somebody would have told me, but who, I, you know, everyone was just there to party. Yeah. That's, no, you're dead on. That's exactly how it happened. If you didn't get into Oasis then back in the day, then what were you? were just a Nirvana Beatles I guy? was, well, Beatles were always just the Beatles, you okay. know? The Beatles, I, in, in my world, everyone loved the Beatles, and the, you, were, you know, the Beatles were great. I didn't, like, seek out the Beatles in, you know, grade school, high school, but when the Beatles were on, I was like, hell yeah. So how did yeah. you get? How did you discover music then? Like, how did you learn about? Because he's an no, internet I, boy. I think no, Joe's no, no. the first. I think Joe. Are you like the first? I think you're like the first generation of like everything is there and just like listen to everything. But that's when he was in high school, though, right? Like when you're you're still oh, when like, I was really growing young. Up, okay, well, like, one of the songs I picked, you'll understand why I picked it because so my dad introduced me to music. The Beatles, of okay. course, you know, and I was loved the Beatles, loved the Monkees TV show. Oh, the band yeah. the Monkees had a TV show, and the reruns yeah. were on when I was a little kid. Channel 32. Um, yeah, they were on Channel 32, so yeah. we'd watch that, and then I'd hear oldies in the car with my dad. I liked the Beatles. Magic 104.3? Uh, yes. Yeah. Dick, Dick Biondi. Hell yeah, my CKG man. CKG, too. Dick Biondi. Oh, Magic 104.3. He was so Although good. my dad would get mad at Dick Biondi for playing way too much Frankie Valli and way too much Beach Boys for his liking. Um, <laughs> my dad likes some Beach Boys, but he just said he overdid it. And, uh, yeah, so it was a lot of Beatles, Rolling Stones, and then some other, like, just, like, random hits from different, like, I liked Hermits, Hermits, you know what I mean? They had that song that was in you the Naked Gun. You have a lovely Gun. daughter or something like that. This is something Brown, you have a lovely daughter. Yeah, that yeah. one was theirs, but their other one that was a big hit was, you know the movie Naked Gun? Sure yeah. do. After he hooks up with Elvis Presley's daughter? Yeah. No, um, that's his wife. That's his wife. Oh, Elvis Presley's yeah. wife, my mistake. Priscilla. 
Priscilla, I forget what, you know, they're all, whatever. Michael Jackson hooked up with his daughter. There we go. Uh, he's, the song is called I'm Into Something Good. Something, something tells me I'm in. So like, I love those songs, songs yeah. like that. And, and then soundtracks too. I was into. Sure. Like the Wayne's World soundtrack, I remember getting that on cassette tape. And it was like 1992 when that movie came out or something. Did I that Lemonheads, here's to you Mrs. Robinson song, Hit You Hard on Wayne's World Part 2? I, that's a great track. Yeah. And it's a great song, obviously. Sure. But it, definitely one of the better covers. Yeah. So you didn't have an older sibling then? You, no, my, my was... sister is 16 months older than me. Okay. So, I mean, she liked Tiffany. Okay. You know? But you, but that's funny. Monkeys are underrated, in my opinion. They Monkeys. That's like when that, that's when you'll hear somebody be like, "I saw Spaceballs before Star Wars." <laughs> I think like being into the monkeys before you see before you know who the Beatles are is kind of fun. Pearl Jam before Nirvana, in a sense. There's a lot of like similar things like yeah. that. I, I don't know. Well, here's the thing with Monkeys being underrated. I listened to the song um, "I'm a Believer." For the first time yeah. like a month or two ago. Yeah. Amazing. It still holds up. It's such a great song. I mean, it was written by uh, Neil Diamond wrote it. Neil Daydream wrote Believer a bunch of too. Great tune Another too. Another song that holds up. I, I always remember there lot was of good a, hits. a Howard Stern parody song. When I saw her face, now I'm a dry heaver. And it was about somebody, some celebrity <laughs> who they thought was so ugly. It might have been Rosie O'Donnell at the time. They did a lot of songs about oh, Rosie. Shit on her he got so it much. From everybody. Uh, He's apologized yeah, to her and everybody. But yeah, it was, His book is I good. saw her face, now I'm a dry heaver. Uh, but let's get into your first yeah. song. It is a Beatles song and uh, one of their one of their well known songs of many. <laughs> uh, Dick Beyond Day Magic One Off All Point Three. A High Dice Night. The Beatles. It's been a So why this song, Joe? I, I and mean, why number one? Yeah. Why is this not? It's, you, it's not my favorite Beatles song by any stretch. Okay. Um, I think it's a great song, though. It's a good old uh, rock and roll song, you know? Um, they do a couple cool things in the song. During one of the choruses, Paul starts to sing the chorus, and then right when he like hits the last word, uh, John picks it right up real fast. So that, at the time, was not done in rock songs. That's something that you hear a lot of songs do now. Where like a chorus fades right into the next, like bam, I'm right back into the verse. Um, the movie, my dad showed me the movie A Hard Day's Night when I was a kid, and so that's why this song always stuck out as one of my favorite Beatles songs. And then I showed it to my son, who's now three. I showed it to him probably about seven, eight months ago when he was still two, and my son loved it. And the opening scene of the movie, which by the way, A Hard Day's Night, everybody, is on pretty much every list for top 100 funniest movies of all time. It's on the AFI list. It's on all these. It lists. holds up when you saw it. I, I think it still holds up. Yeah, because okay. you I mean you got to put yourself in 1964 and what's going on. But there's no like offensive jokes or anything too crazy. It's just funny. There's a good dry wit. You know, there's a lot of like stuff like that. So it's got an English comedy in the sense of like a Monty Python in a way. But the opening scene is a bunch of women chasing the Beatles. Right. And so I showed my son, and he thought it was hilarious. And so when the, whenever this song would play, his version of Dancing to a Hard Day's Night... It's just running around. Was running around. Being chased. Yeah, so I'd say, Alex will play a Hard Day's Night. The song would start, and we would run around the entire house. Oh, I was, he was getting fun. me to lose weight, plus his little soul, because I needed to. And, uh, and so it's kind of like, that's why I chose this song, because for the rest of my life, I could be 70... And if I hear this song, I'll think about oh, chasing my cool. two-year-old around the house. That's yeah. Cool. And then I'll flash back. So that's why this song kind of like is a, a family song. You mentioned uh, watching stuff with your son. And you watch a lot. You've talked on stage about watching like Sesame Street with your son. And one of the things that, I don't know if Paul even know this, but like artists go on Sesame Street and do like kid-friendly versions of their songs. Yeah. And it's like really interesting. You know, one, Especially when they're songs that are inappropriate. Like, I, you know, That's happened. But I caught one recently. 
Remember that song? Remember Feist? Mm-hmm. She had that song. One, one, one two, two yeah. They I watched did, this They video. did one on Sesame Street where she's like, one, two, three, four. I love counting to the number four. And it's, it's like all about counting to yeah. four. And it's pretty good. It's like one, two, three, four chickens dancing on the floor. One, Didn't Big two, Boy three, do four. something on there too? And it was like the song was like crazy or something. And they did it like they made it like totally the opposite of what the song oh, is about. It was more suggestive yeah. lyrics or whatever. And then they think about like being obeying your parents or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, remember, remember this Black Eyed Peas song? It was originally Let's Get Retarded. Yeah. I do and then they that. changed it to Let's Get Started. Yeah. I think they did that for Sesame Street. I think that was a Sesame Street thing. Oh. Which is hilarious because the song is about getting wasted. It is. It's totally about yeah. getting wasted. But yeah, I mean, I've seen some artists do that for Sesame Street. It's amazing how many famous people. I remember thinking, man, I just want to be famous enough to get on Sesame Street. Just do yeah. like one little scene where I'm like, hey, Elmo, that's it. That's all I want. Did Louis C.K. or Bill Cosby ever do it? Well, I'm Cosby sure. Fat Albert. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm yeah. sure Cosby you, on Sesame Street. So there are certain songs that you're. What do you? I mean, I don't Everything know. Everything on my playlist is something that means something it, to my life. But like, I couldn't think of a theme when you guys asked me to do it. That's got to be pretty cool when you're playing a song and you see your your kids really like getting into it, like bopping around and stuff, and you're like, oh shit, they like this song. Yeah, and then I introduced him to Oasis, and he really took to Oasis, but he did not take to Nirvana the way I'd hoped he would. It's yeah, like Teen Spirit, he kind of lugged in. It's a lot for a kid. It's a it's abrasive for a kid, I think. Yeah. You know, I got to wait until he's about five or six because my yeah. younger brother and my younger sister, when they were about five or six, they would want to hang out in my room. And I was, let's see, when my sister was five, I would have been like 14 or 15 because um, I'm like 10 years older than my younger sister. So I was probably playing video games or something and I have to watch her and I'd have my music on. Yeah. And she would call Smells Like Teen Spirit the hello song. Oh, okay. Because, you know, the chorus. Yeah. And then she would just jump on the bed going, hello, hello. And then I thought my son at two would like it, but he was yeah. kind of like, yeah, didn't have the same vibe. When are you going to tell him about Courtney Love, how she killed Kurt Cobain? <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. How do you know I haven't told him already? That's yeah. great. What about uh, Beatles? I mean, he's you're going to He doesn't know to... they broke up. He doesn't know they're old yet. He doesn't know. My wife, this is funny. I talked to this on my own podcast. There's only two of them alive. I know. It's sad. Um, I want to show him that American English, which is like this great Beatles tribute band. And oh, I was yeah. looking for shows. Mm-hmm. And there was one where I'm like, oh, we could go then. And then COVID happened. So that really sucks. But uh, my wife one day said something. We're watching. They're covered we're watching either the movie. for those. That don't yeah. Know. Sorry about that, everyone. We're watching the movie Help, which is another very funny Beatles movie. And my wife out of nowhere was just like, what year did John Lennon die? And my son was like, John Lennon died? And he doesn't really know death, I don't think. But I looked at my wife going, shut the fuck up. That's like, how I you know, learned I about death that. was uh, John Lennon because I was like three or four and it happened. I was like crying for every day. And I was like, I don't want to die. Like I was like, what's death? And my brother's like, yeah, you're going to die. We're all going to die. Yeah. And I was like, one of your stalkers is going to come <laughs> say he loves your music. But you just, yeah, but do what? I, I mean, like, death. I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to sidetrack this podcast, but like, what the fuck was he doing? Let that guy come up to his apartment. He didn't come didn't. up. It was, it was like in the it hallway. Was a, it was on getting out it was of his like car. Right in the entrance. Really? It was in the entrance. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he brought no him control. up. No, he didn't oh. bring him up. He was in the entrance. Well, I'm, I apologize. Yeah. It's, uh, he was six he times in the back. Really? It's on the back. Yeah. Damn. And then Cranberries wrote a song. I just shot John Lennon. It's about him. Yeah. I mean, John Lennon signed an autograph for the guy earlier in that day. So the guy was like stalking around his apartment. Why did I think he brought him up to his apartment? I don't know. Weird. But what what about the Beatles? Like, are you gonna show him when they started doing drugs? And how are you gonna explain? No, he knows it. He knows all the music. He loves it. Um, uh, what are you, watch, how are you gonna do? explain it though? They probably don't have to explain anything. The he songs just probably get it. more fun when they do That's drugs for kids. Like, like, they're just like, this sounds like yeah. a Sesame Street episode. I think <laughs> when he gets older, I'll be like, hey, look, the Beatles. One of the reasons they're they've stood the test of time and they were the most influential band drugs. ever. Well, yeah, drugs, but also because they 
were there was like progression with their music yeah. every album after after a point they wanted to be their own thing i think that was what led to their breakup though because they stopped touring in 1966 because it was just too much you ever see the documentary eight days a week no there wasn't technology that existed for them to actually play the shows they were playing mm-hmm. and you know what dickie barrett from the mighty mighty boston yes, says if you can't do it live don't do it so they couldn't even hear themselves in that documentary. Yeah. It shows toward the end of that, like, yeah, like sixty-six tour. I mean, like they couldn't hear themselves. No, it wasn't even like not playing the songs live. Because they had so many like different instruments and see, stuff. See, and, like, I, I love you, buddy, but you're missing the point completely. What am I missing? They couldn't. The crowds were screaming oh, so loud. The Beatles oh, would take oh, the stage, yeah. and everyone would scream they their heads off for their three hours, yeah, two hours. Sure. Yeah, yeah, they, sure. they, Paul would look at George, going, "What song are we playing now?" Oh my God! Ringo was on Ellen like a year ago, saying that he would he would know. When to change the drumming based on like Paul would do a little shimmy at this part. I mean, John would move on this part. What's like, wrong you know, with people that they could just They were passing out in the fucking crowd. You see Shea Stadium? I see, I've yeah, they're fainting. But like, ape shit. Like, why? why not just. I don't know either, man. But they could have just stopped. Do, do those K pop like, guys? Is that like those K pop concerts now? I, I guess. guess. But right? they, they invented me. a special amp, like a 100 watt Vox amp that was just invented for the Beatles tour. Yeah. And it's still like, they were just like. Like George Harrison said, it was not even fun. We couldn't hear ourselves. Sure. We couldn't hear anything. I thought we were all going to go deaf at a certain point. Fuck. So they stopped. They announced that they were stopped touring in 66. Yeah. And Paul was like, well, we're going to double it up. They were releasing two albums a year from 67 to 70. And I think that just burned them out. They were just with, you know, yeah. you know, as comedians, I feel that's why a lot of comedians I know right now are having mental problems because the, the our release, our reward is yeah. performing at night, yeah. and we don't get to do that. Right. So we're putting all this energy into podcasting and coming up with other content, but we don't get that release at night. Yeah. And I think the Beatles were just doing all this studio shit, but then you don't get the satisfaction of playing for a live audience, and so then you start to just get annoyed with each other, or you dive deeper. They were going to India for three-week acid sessions, essentially. And I would love to do that. Yeah, it does sound great. I think we all could use that Have right Have you now. ever seen a, a Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? Ah, uh, yeah, and I remember that scene. Yeah, where, <laughs> I think I feel like after you watch that, and then you watch those music documentaries. There's so many good it's scenes. It's just in like there. it's it ruined. Ruins it, the movies, it ruined yeah. biopics. I, but I like that movie more the second and third time I watched it. Yeah, it's a good those, movie. Uh, the albums for me, like I, I'm, I'm still some of those Beatles albums. Like Marty and I talked about this, where it's like there's certain songs you just can't hear anymore. And uh, obviously, for you, Hard Day's Night has a sp- special place. Which for songs you. can you not hear anymore? There's not certain songs this. by like, uh, like Bob Marley. Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, and the Beatles. That I'm just like, I'm, if it comes on the radio, it's like, I've, oh, you've heard it too I've much. I've heard it too old. much. Yeah. I'm I got done. You. I don't yeah. need to hear Twist and Chop. I heard by enough the Beatles. Breakfast with the Beatles on XRT. Yeah, where it's like, like, well, see, that's what it, that was nice to me is the Beatles were something I never seeked out. So yeah. that's why when I heard a Beatles song, I was always happy to hear it. Yeah. Now I actually legitly on the ride over, I was listening to them. And it's cool too. You hear You're some wearing of those a Beatles shirt right deeper now. cuts. I, I got you this those, for Father's Day. You hear those deep cuts that you didn't hear on the radio. That's what I was gonna say. Like the the on the flip side. That's why I like Rubber Soul. I was like, ooh, these are the flip side is yeah. Favorite album by them. I like Revolver. You hear something by Revolver that you haven't heard for a while, like My Bird Can Sing or something like that, or Rubber Soul, and you're like, "Wow, this this song still fucking holds up." Do you know why they called it Rubber Soul? No, because they weren't black. That's what Ringo said once. He goes, "We called it Rubber Soul because we don't have the real experiences of the soul music oh. in America, especially oh. in America's South. Oh. So Very we call cool. it Rubber Souls as a way to say or fake soul." Wow. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's why it's S O U L. The Beatles were the Beatles the Beatles refused to play segregated concerts in the I South, know, which cost them a lot of money actually, because yeah. they couldn't play like yeah. Atlanta or you know. Louisiana well, I mean, that's the least they could do for stealing all that music for years. Who'd they steal from? <laughs> George Harrison is listen. George, George Harrison, Harrison had one song that uh, was, was a solo artist by the my way. My sweet lord. Yeah, my uh, sweet lord. Yeah, there's a few others that have been allegations, but listen, George Harrison is. 
to this day, and, and Marnie, if I talk about it, but I'm, I'm listening to a lot of uh, bands covering George Harrison's songs. George Harrison's solo album, All Things Must Pass, might have been the best of all the solo oh, yeah. albums. Or all the solo Beatles careers. Although Imagine's amazing, too. I love but no, Imagine. but here's the thing. If you produce a thousand songs and you don't have at least a couple that are accused of plagiarizing, you you're, you yeah. suck as a band. Name a good band that doesn't have at least one plagiarism allegation. You the won't police. find one. The police don't have any. I said name one good band there you go. that doesn't have. <laughs> Get him, Joe. I mean, come on. They're doing reggae and they're English people. Yeah, they must have ripped off something. I'm sure they did. Well, but someone tried to say come together. John Lennon ripped off. He didn't. He has one ly- lyric that he used as homage to Chuck Berry. And Chuck Berry's then like the, the guy who the, the guy who was the head of the record label sued him. And Chuck Berry and John Lennon were like friends. And Chuck was like, this is beyond me. It's his company, you know. And that's why John Lennon had that album called Rock and Roll in 1975, because that was part of the settlement that he would re-record songs this guy already had. Yeah. As to like publishing rights are nuts in I the mean, music industry. I, speaking oh. of the Beatles, Michael Jackson, what do I do with all this money? Paul McCartney says, buy the buy the publishing rights to bands. That's where it's at. And, and then he bought, bought the Beatles. <laughs> I will do that. It's kind that of a boss great. move. A speaking move. of a, a, a band no longer around, but people are always fighting over their uh, their history estates. and their money and their estates and whatnot, uh, is Nirvana. Joe loves them. If you know Joe, you know he loves Nirvana. Yes. And here is Lithium, live and loud, off of the In Utero super deluxe version did you want us to play this version no Paul (laughs) he didn't want live I thought you were going to be like this was uh, uh, October 3rd 1992 (laughs) live and loud would have been been December of 93 nice because it was going to be aired on New Year's Eve it was going to be Nirvana and Pearl Jam but Pearl Jam backed out so Nirvana did like a two and a half hour Nirvana show. Nirvana famously played a uh, New Year's Eve it. show at the Metro, and uh, Bobcat Goldblatt was gonna, yeah. or it was lowered down from the ceiling, and it just, this is great. So why is you this? You like In Utero, right? I love it. Yeah. It's an amazing album. I love all their albums. Well, why is this song? Oh, well, first of all, obviously Nirvana is your favorite. Yes, Nirvana is still my favorite band of all time. Um, I think the Beatles are the greatest band of all time, but Nirvana to me is uh, that was the first band I chose. You know that wasn't introduced to me. I guess How did it was you discover technic- Nirvana? I guess it was technically introduced to me. My best friend growing up, who I still t- actually talk to to this day, uh, Michael Pecco, if you're listening, what's up, bud? He, um, his older sister, unfortunately, was into the H, and therefore was a huge. Hey, that's heroin, everyone. And I was a huge uh, Nirvana yeah. and um, grunge fan in general. And Boy, t- Nirvana was the first music that a friend introduced me to. That wasn't like oldies in the car with my yeah. dad. And he put on um, In Utero first. And I remember hearing it being like, holy shit, what is this? This is this was not because I heard metal in the background. Like yeah. everyone had an older brother who played metal in the garage or something like. And then um, and then I heard this and I was like, it's it kind of it was like the Beatles, but heavy. And then later I read in a bio that that's kind of what in a way Kurt yeah. was going for. It's melodic. It was melodic. Yeah, it had melody to it. And um, this song in particular, Lithium, I just love the lyrics so much. Uh, and I like the. Obviously, a lot of Nirvana songs were inspired by that Pixies dynamic of Loud, Quiet, Loud. Which I don't even know if the Pixies were the first to do, but a lot of people credit them because Kurt credited them. Um, and the Pixies are great, don't get me wrong. But it, it just—it was just a cool song, the way it started reels like slow and then just got loud as hell. Yeah. And then, the, um, I don't know. It just that's, I think that's like the, one of the main reasons. I remember being in a bar in L.A. and Joe Quazala, who you guys know, very fine oh, comedian, yeah. who has a music podcast. Don't listen to his, though. Listen to this one. And um, 
uh, he, we were doing it was karaoke to bar, and I suggested him do because I was like, do a Nirvana song because he's a big, huge, huge Nirvana guy. We actually yeah. saw the Kurt Cobain documentary at ArcLight in Hollywood together there at ten in the morning. Soaked in bleach. Um, no, the oh. montage of Heck, montage the HBO Heck, one. They had it right. select theaters before it went to HBO, and we saw it there at ten in the morning. Anyway. Um, he put it on, and I knew, and I remember saying, watch this. And right when it got to the chorus, because people weren't really paying attention to him singing. Mm-hmm. I said, watch this to the people around me. It went into the chorus, you know, yeah, yeah. And everyone just started, like, yeah. mid-conversation. They were having conversations with people, and they just started kind of, like, banging their heads along. And I'm like, that's what I like about this song. Yeah. Kurt's voice. To me, it's Kurt's voice in a lot of ways. Because it was, of all the grunge bands, he, had, he was the only one that didn't do that thing that the movie Ted makes fun of. Ever like seen the Eddie Ted? Vedder thing? Yeah, the Eddie Vedder. And I like, I like a lot of those bands. Yeah. Eddie Vedder, Scott Weiland. Um, the Allison Chains guy what was his name again, Lane Staley, where they kind of do that A E I O U, where that Chris Cornell, where they like stretch that shit out. Yeah, he didn't do that. And to me, if Lithium came out today, a brand new song you're hearing on your local alternative station, it would be a hit. And it wouldn't sound. You wouldn't be like, this sounds like the '90s. You wouldn't say that. Whereas a lot of fucking like, if Jeremy came out today, you'd be like, it's a good song, but this definitely sounds like some '90s influence. Where I feel like a lot of Nirvana's hits kind of stand alone, which is weird because they were the quintessential. Early Grunge '90s band. alt band. Yeah. yeah, I like that this was the album they came out with after. You know, it smells like Team Spirit. Yeah, where it's like this was the third, knew, this is the third single off. Yeah, of, they come, knew. Come as never mind. Yeah. they Sorry, knew like people were. They're like, oh, they aren't, people aren't going to like this, and that's okay. Yeah, they're like, that's okay. That's not. They were saying like, if we sell half the albums, we're like, oh, that's good. Well, Kurt kind of like I guess the Beatles in the second half of their career wanted every album to be different. I mean, they weren't going to change being a rock band. But they wanted each album to kind of have its own unique sound. And from Bleach to Nevermind to, you know, Bleach was that underground album. Nevermind's very yeah. poppy, very poppy. And um, In Utero is just fucking like, it's got a dirty sound that I, I love the fucking In Utero sound. We got to move on. But where do, where do you think, uh, what do you think Cobain would be up to now if he was still alive? I think he probably would have gone into like singer songwriter almost. What's that name? John Prine. He probably maybe yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Or acoustic guitar. I think Nirvana was eventually going to either just call it off. Did he have studio time with Michael Stipe? They were going to do a solo, and he kind of wanted yeah. to go that direction. But I don't think I don't think it was plans were for Nirvana to break up. I think they would have gone on like a little hiatus, yeah. maybe on a side project or two. And then maybe I think he would have ended up producing music, kind of like you, Jack White does now. Yeah. Do you like the Foo Fighters? I like their early stuff. The first couple albums are great, and then after that, it became almost like rock by numbers. You know, where it's just like this is like what's dad your rock, what's your Penny uh, rock. favorite? Uh, Nirvana documentary. Well, Soaked in Bleach is all about the murder, so that one's yeah. pretty badass. Um, Kurt and Courtney. Kurt and Courtney's like the it's thing. It's trashy, about, but I like it. I always talk it, about which it one's the one where they have the actual docu- like pictures of them all fucked up. The video of the of that's of, in most all of them. Right. Montage and ha- Montage, Montage of Heck was the HBO one. Yes, which I had some I didn't problems like that with. One. I, the only thing I liked about it was that they showed the rise of the band. Yeah. Which so many of the documentaries are just about the conspiracy around his death. Yeah. I, I wanted to see some, like, because what was cool about that is they showed how fucking popular they were. Yeah. And that's what I kind of liked about the Oasis documentary I referenced earlier was that people nowadays, I don't think, God, I'm son sold at 35, don't understand that before cell phones, music, mm-hmm. and before the internet, music kind of meant more. Because sure. you had to seek it out more. You had to, like, find it more. So whenever I see concert footage from the 90s, although European concert footage, they still know how to have fun Insane. in concerts in Europe. What is just going bouncing on? up and down. Everyone Everyone's going nuts. 300,000 people just bouncing around. Yeah, they had Nirvana, had Nirvana did a concert in Brazil that had 300,000 people there. Wow. And just people going insane, and it just looks like so much more fun. It looked like a, a rock movement, and Rio? an experience. Rock in Rio? They had, like, some Hollywood yeah. rock and 
thing in Rio where they did a version of Smells yeah. Like Teen Spirit where Flea came out and on a trumpet did boom, boom. Uh, that's like, fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I look back on those thinking like, holy shit. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great music still come out today. But as far as the concert experience goes, it's garbage now. It really yeah. sucks. Well, it what sucks concert? Oh, well, yeah. now, I mean, yeah, now, right, right. but even like. It's, uh, I, I would saw, say yeah, go, I'm sorry. now more than ever, seeing those. Uh, we, we I was just showing uh, Sarah some of like Woodstock '94, and she was like, "Oh my God, look at all those people there!" And I was like, "Yeah, but Europe has those music festivals that are just like Glastonbury." Because I always yeah. I always would watch. Uh, there was a New Japan was on Axis, and Axis just plays like old like old people music. Like, hey, the like. Um, uh, Hall and Oates or the, did a big concert in, and it'll be like Brazil. There'll be like three hundred thousand people, and you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on in Brazil?" Where they have a well, all the records, Hall and Oates concert for three. All the records for the largest crowds are always in like Brazil for yeah. some crazy reason. When the when the Cubs had their twenty sixteen uh, when they won the World Series, it was like if you look at the records of the the biggest, it was like yeah. I think it was uh, Rod Stewart at Brazil. It's like the yeah, record. something insane. Some like that. It's, it's, it's deaths of Europe, leaders, Europe, and, and, and yeah, South yeah. America. But it, it is a, interesting too, where those some of those people, uh, or there's some of the bands that they like are like, like Henry Rollins says. I think it's in, might be in uh, one of his like spoken word things, where he was talking about doing a concert somewhere in you know South America, and he's like, "Who's the big headliner tonight?" And they're like, "Mr. Big," <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Mr. Big," and he's like. I think I remember them, and they're like the huge here. When I was in, uh, when I was a kid, yeah, there you go. Uh, I was in Israel. I can't and, say. Uh, I'm sorry. The they had a sold out show. It was like the craziest thing because Americans were playing there, and this is like late '80s, early '90s, and it was Joe Cocker, and oh, it wow. was like craziness that he was playing in Israel. It was yeah. sold out. Everyone was going. Everyone's like. The streets shut down literally because they're like this concert is the greatest thing to come to Israel since freedom. Like we were like <laughs> since we once we got our land. But Did it he was cover like, the Beatles like yeah. he does. I don't know. His I biggest, didn't go to his the biggest hit song like, is his cover of uh, "A Little Help of My Friends." Yeah. I just thought, which is better than the actual. I want to do a list of cover songs that are better than the original. Hey man, we just we did just that. Did it. We did yeah. a cover song, one? but. Uh, yeah, that idea of it's got to be weird too. If, I wonder if there's like the original artist who's like, no, no, that's a better version of my song. I heard David Bowie said he liked Nirvana as a man who sold the world better than his own, which could make sense. I mean, to be fair, I, I'm a huge Bowie fan. I'm not a huge Nirvana fan, but I like him. But I that version is fucking amazing. Like I like it better than the original version. Bowie's version of Across the Universe, a Beatles song, I think is better than yeah. the Beatles version. The there's Beatles a lot of good Beatles covers. I heard later that they like the Beatles version sucked because they did like two takes and they got into an argument about something else and never went back to finish yeah. it. Not fun. Yeah, John always said he was pissed off about that. He said at the time you do ten takes of every Paul song and we do one take of mine and George's songs. Well, George wasn't even getting enough songs on. That's another reason the Beatles were destined to break up. Sorry to go back to them. They yeah. had three incredible songwriters. Yeah, George Harrison number three, and, and, uh, and you go to his solo all-star album. team. All-star yeah. team. How did they all grow up around each other? The odds of that are insane. That many, that much talent just being in the same area in the same time period. Anyway, I could go on for about for six hours about the Beatles. Well, instead of doing that, let's play your next I know, song. I know. I'm sorry because uh, I don't want you to collapse. Mm, see what I see what this yeah, Beatles I like talk. That. Here is uh, till I collapse. Eminem featuring fucking Nate Dogg, baby. Now this is gonna take a while to kick in, right? It does a little bit, yeah. yeah. But it's why this song. It oh, this song, um, it's a combination of. I think when I was when this come out, going into late high school, maybe senior okay. year All or right. so. And um, let's hear a little bit. Hold on, then we'll get we'll go we'll jump right back. 
is stretching. Sometimes you just feel tired. I thought this was like a remix of that. You only have one chance. It's similar. Part two. What year did the Eminem show come out? This came out in 2002. 2002. It's his okay. fourth album. So this is before the... the say that I'm not killing them. Okay. When I am not, then I'm a this stop. Is before the other song? I am not is this before the... Not lose Yourself? This is before Lose Yourself. Ah, interesting. Why didn't this get as big as Lose Yourself? It should have, because the chorus is really badass to the song. It's what Nate were the Dog. big, what were the big singles the off of the Eminem show? Oh, man. I'll find out. Don't even worry about it. Okay. Well, uh, have, I love it. how uh, Nate Dog. Nate Dog has my favorite story of all time, where uh, there would he got a uh, oh like without me Superman. Those were the Superman's big ones. A big one. Sing for the moment. Um, it's got that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, did you ever hear this story about where Nate Dog got uh, he was they arrested? They were like you. Robbed talk you robbed this Taco Bell when they first opened in the in the you know late morning early afternoon. What? And his lawyer's like impossible. My client doesn't wake up before four p.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like his big defense. Like, this dude was sleeping. Anyway, I'm fucking robbing a Taco Bell. That's a good why defense. why this song? Why Eminem? Okay, so like I said, it came out in 2002. I think like late 2002. So it might be my senior year, 2003. And it was a song that was at a lot of parties, so it was really fun. And I remember like working out. Because I played, I was a little bit of a high school athlete, not very good. But I remember working out and this being on like the the locker room, not the, lo- the weight rooms, like playlist. Because you were allowed, people would make playlists for like the locker room, like pump up songs. And um, this was on there, and I just always really liked this. How did song. that go at Catholic school? Were there were there curse words? Did you have to like? Or was they, it like they didn't like you know. What God I mean? wants us to get pumped up. We can play <laughs> some. some as curse long as words. you mixed in oh. some, uh, you know, some creed. Honestly, the some jars of clay. <laughs> jars of clay. I, I always laugh. I, I let people get their <laughs> jokes in, but it cracks me up. I went to a Chicago public grade school, and I went to an all guys Catholic high school. The public school is far more disciplined. Far more disciplined. Really? The Catholic school, as long as you weren't a complete dick, they didn't give a shit. They didn't like. Obviously, you couldn't run up and down the halls and suck my dick. You yeah. had, like you had to tuck in your shirt. You had stuff rules like that. Everyone had like a, a dress code that was they were fairly strict on. But mm-hmm. like, they didn't care that we were listening to like music like this in the in the locker room. And plus, it was a lot of coaches. Coaches, yeah. For an all guys school, they're not going to be like, oh, my heard him say the word shit. Twelve hell Mary. No one did that. Yeah. I mean, our religion teacher. Where were you going with that? What? Uh, <laughs> no, our, no. Our, we had my my favorite. One of my favorite teachers was our religion teacher, who on his weekends bartended at Pippins, which is now closing, which is a bar down on Rush Street. And he used to tell us, "I make more money bartending on Friday and Saturday night than I do all week teaching you morons." Like hey. he was hilarious. He go. wanted to be. Um, he went to Colgate, which is like a really prestigious university. It was a really smart guy who was like a concert promoter when he was like in college. Oh, and he really? Had all these awesome stories. He would just be like, "Just be a good person." That was like his religious message. He didn't even. I don't even think he really even believed it. Hippins was a, a good drug front too for a while. Probably. No, I'm just kidding. That's why he had all that money. <laughs> but this song, and then anyway, here's where the song came back to me though later in life when I started doing stand up. It came out at a party that I think Renee Schultz was having. I don't remember name dropping, oh, wow. okay. but um, I remember it came out and I'm like, "Oh my god, I haven't heard this song since high school." And then um, the one of the lyrics was where he talks about, I have a list, and here's the order of my list, and he names all the rappers he thought was better than him or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. At the same time, a list came out that still to this day is a crime that Marty DeRose and I were left off the list. There was like a top 20 comedians <laughs> in Chicago list by Comedy.com, which is now a website that doesn't exist anymore. Um, because they didn't put us on the fucking list. And um, <laughs> Marty, and I, did, Marty I and I did a f- fun thing where that for some reason that week – me and him were on shows with everybody who was on the list. 
And we both looked at each other going, oh, look at this. You're following number seven and number two. I'm following number blah, 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 number blah, blah. And then we would go up there and absolutely just destroy them. And I think I had this kind of song in my head because this song is. And then there was a, in 2007, again, you know, no, not 2007. I can't remember when it was. There was a Cubs highlight video that someone made on YouTube that played this song with like, you know, home runs like and collapse. shit like that. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. Because the song's really about like, because he says, I'll probably never get the respect I ever deserve, but I don't give a shit because I'm still going to do my thing and, and fuck this and fuck that. It's kind of like this, like, fuck you, you're not going to take this. It's like this a motivational thing it to is. give it, you a list. It would list, jack like, me up before sure. like doing a show. That's, uh, you know, I was watching uh, Letterman's show where he interviewed Seinfeld and he talks about things like that, that like, like a list, like you said, that motivated him. And same thing Eminem did. And he ha- he said the same thing about uh, Mitzi Shore at the comedy store who didn't pass him yeah. and said, you weren't funny. And to this day, he's like, it turned into a positive because it made him work that much harder. And I think like Eminem is the same thing. He's one of those guys like when he first came out, I was like, oh, this guy's a joke. But like now, and I'm not a big rap or hip hop guy, but like I like his stuff. Anytime I hear his songs, I'm like, this is a fucking good song. It's got melody. It's got like a hook. And it's even as a like a person who doesn't love rap or hip hop, it's a great. He's great, and and I love it. And he's same thing a, with Kanye. Who so did he have as number one? On, I can't remember who he had number one on that list. On that, See, I got a list. Here's the order. The comedy list, list or no? The no, no, no. <laughs> Just kidding. He named someone named Reggie, who I don't know who he's talking about. But he's got Jay Z, Tupac, yeah, Reggie and was Biggie. Number one, I didn't know who that was. Reggie, Jay Z, Tupac, and Biggie. Andre. You think Reggie's one of those? Just like how every comic's like corrupt Nas, and then me. So he puts himself behind Nas. You know how a comic sometimes will be like, there was this dude, funniest yeah. dude. And it was just like, oh, maybe that's who Reggie is. Maybe Reggie's like the Lenny Bruce of hip hop. Hey, you never know. I really don't. Or Reggie could be the real name of a rapper. It's the Danny you know, like Callis of comedy. real name is yeah. like what, Calvin or something? Yeah. Danny Snoop Callis Calvin. of comedy. There you like know, yeah, just like, oh man, this guy. I, I wish hope, Reggie I hope Danny Callis does come back to comedy. is isn't just that name we all talk about 10 years from now where it's like, mm, still to this day, he was the best. Well, speaking of names from the, to that. from the past that we talk about that... Uh, you sure love this band. <laughs> We're going to go with uh, a little Oasis off of The Master Plan. This was in 98? It was 99, and it was all it was an album of all B-sides. And oh, okay. Oasis famously had the best B-sides. And I'll, I'll tell you real quick. I know I'm, I'm talking well, too much. Well, let's play a little of play it first. And I'll, I'll so, talk over so the opening. Talking over it. Let, play a couple minutes before. Yeah. So seconds. this is the B-side to Morning Glory. And you can hear Noel singing Morning Glory. You can hear that, right? Yeah. And then They uh, do that a lot. They did that back in. They uh, did that on Wonder. I uh, Wonder uh, Morning Glory the, the album. Yeah. It's in the back of me. Or the, they like you, fade you see, in. You, you hear the, it. Yeah, because it's the B side to the A side single. Anyhow, um, the, when he gave the the, the producer or the the record label, was like, "This song is too good to be a B side." And he goes, "Well, it's going to remain a B side because I wrote it as a B side." And they're like, "Well, it's too good." He goes, "Well, I don't write shite songs. I don't know what, what you want me to do." You know, you know, I told you my dream that one time. I had a dream. I told you this, Paul. Yeah. Where I never told you this story. Hold on, this lyric. Oh, I love this song, yeah. So I had a dream that before they put out uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory, that I was like, hey, man, you might want to save a couple of these songs for the next album. He, Marty had a dream he told them. And he was like, you think so? I'm like, yeah, save one or two. And I, he was like, oh, thanks, man. That's funny because so, yeah. he even admits that in an interview where he said that Morning Glory was still, hadn't been, it was still on the rise in a way. It wasn't. Yeah, it came out in '95, and songs of it were still in heavy rotation. For and the next album came out in '97. It was so still on the Billboard like, for a while. It hadn't gone down yet. So why did they put out a new album? Yeah. When yeah. when he talks about it now, when they compare about him and Blur, uh, they say that you know he's like, why why do we get such shit just because we had we had all these hits now and Blur has I guess continued to evolve with Damien whatever. Yeah. But like 
he says it's like why does it matter no one will, no one ever says anything about that in sports when someone has a great year and then all of a sudden he yeah. like basically shits on everything that yeah. comes out yeah. after. Yeah, a fun way of sort of dealing with it. Do you think you'll ever in your lifetime see the, uh, I, I won't, it won't be the original lineup, but both of the brothers performing I as I would Oasis. love to. I, I want the, at this point, because I'm a dad, it's, it's shifted, right? Because I told yeah. you I got back into them before in 2016. My eldest son was born in 2017. So at that point, I was like, God, why can't they just get along already? And that's why I like this song, because they both sing on this one. This is one of only two songs where they're both, Yeah. Liam's doing the verses and then Noel does the chorus. Okay. And uh, What's so the other think, song they do? Together. Um okay, don't worry about it if you don't know. I will it'll come to me in a minute. But uh I just was like, man, I'd love for them to come back together because they look like their shows were so much fun, even though they didn't do a whole lot on stage, they just played, but there was just like an atmosphere. You know, because like Liam would have a glass of beer. So he almost looked like a stand up comedian. Yeah. He had the mic stand, he never took the well it would, early in their career. Sorry, er, this is a I always thought a cool thing. Like I guess it, early he would take the mic out of the stand or he would hang onto the mic. Okay. But he is never he said since there. 1995, he's never taken the mic out of the stand. When he sings, the mic is in the stand. He goes up and talks into yeah. it and never touches it. And I think that just looks cool. So he has all these little unique things that are very much Liam's signature. And now as a dad, though, I was going to say, I just want them to get along. They don't yeah, even have to get no. back together. They're both putting out solo wild. stuff that's pretty good, though Noel's recent stuff's weird. It's just so wild, though, that's just like, oh, you guys just aren't. Gonna talk like they still just talk so much shit about each they other. They talk to each other in ten years. Yeah, it's so wild. They Dad. talk through the press. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah Noel's no. full of shit though because Noel will say like, "Oh, I saw Liam's tweeting this again," and it's like, "Yeah, but he tweets it. You say it in interviews. Yeah. So he'll be in an interview on a real TV show and trash Liam, yeah. and then get mad at Liam for tweeting. Or it's like yeah. there's no difference. It's just different mediums. You're both shitting on each other. But Noel, I saw Noel at the Lollapalooza, his side project. I was like, it's pretty good. But he was like, still, he was, there was some issue again. Like I just he, don't understand how he hasn't wrote like another gigantic song. I think you hit a certain age. I mean, well, Paul McCartney's still going. Yeah. He released a new album three years ago. There's no, yeah. he doesn't have a new Hey Jude in him. I think yeah. music's one of those rare things where your prime is early in your life. And then when you get older, you can still come out with some good stuff, but. The anthems, man, because they had a lot of anthems Dude. early on, man. Huge. There's that, a lot of bands that wrote stuff that, later uh, too, though. I would say not the Rolling Stones or their history is so wild. And that, that that unplugged. What a wild story that was. I remember. Yeah. Uh, it's funny Liam just did an unplugged. Finally, yeah. do you remember that? Where where he wouldn't come down and he, he just was, ended up uh, he said his voice yeah, yeah. was shot and he was up in the watching and, and, uh, and heckling, uh, heckling, heckling, heckling them, Mr. Yeah. My lost my voice. He was shitting on him. They man, ended like up nuts. doing the show and Noel was like basically egging him on, just being like, that was Well, that's when Noel decided like maybe I, I can need, sing yeah. and I don't need you. Because yeah. at first Noel had no confidence in his singing. They have different voices. Liam's got a rock star voice, which is why I like that because I always thought to myself, if Noel sang the More verses, too. Yeah. if Noel sang the verses on this, it wouldn't be as good. Because Liam's Cause got he hits the a little higher bit of notes. Have you, got the I mean, range does he too. do? Does I don't he like I, just like the unplugged? Does he? He'll do the, the Oasis songs. So we, I heard him on this. interview. They both do Oasis songs and interviews. Yeah, and he was. And just, Noel was the songwriter. Noel was like two songs. Noel was like, you know, if you're here to hear Oasis songs, you're, you're gonna have to wait like 45 minutes. Like I'm gonna do all this new stuff, and then we'll do some Oasis songs. So that's just the deal. Yeah, he tells him that. He's like, go get some beers if you don't want to hear them. You know, I saw Liam. I think you have the brothers confused, by the way, Paul, off of some of your references. I saw Liam at the Riv. And well, I saw they the both have side projects. They both are so. Noel so is the one now. that played Lala uh, uh, with his, I forgot the name of his some band. Birds. The High Flying Birds. Yeah. Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but Liam, some people think now, because Liam, Liam's voice did go to shit for a while there in like the mid 2000s. 
And uh, and Noel's even interview trashing his own. There was just a lot of times where I'm like, no, what the fuck are you saying? And this is when they were like so called getting along, and Noel yeah. was kind of trashing him, throwing him under the bus. They asked about one song. They're like, oh, you don't do that song live anymore. It's like, oh, Liam can't sing it anymore. Like just like straight <laughs> up throwing him under the bus. And I look at it this way. I don't think like when people compare John Lennon and Paul McCartney's voice, it's similar. I like Lennon's better. Paul McCartney probably has better range. And it's probably a little more melodic. John is a little nasally. It's more distinct. But I just like of rock and roll isn't supposed to sound pretty. That's I mean I like a uniqueness. Co- I like you a have little Cobain on your list or whatever. And I was just I was listening to like some uh, a Jayhawk song and his voice like cracks, but they kept it in because it just sounded so fucking good. It's raw. It's just like same oh, with that's "Where good. Did You Sleep Last Night" when sure, Kurt Cobain covers that sure. um, Lead Belly song. It's, and if you, you hear there's a realness to it, if you hear you know he, these and why he had such problems too. A lot of reasons he turned to drugs because of the pain he had from because he sings from his stomach. He sings he does, from yeah. a weird spot, and that's why it was fucked up. But Liam has a he has a, a broader range, but that's the songs that Noel writes. He writes obviously for his voice, so it's like now he knows he's got to sing. He can't sing those parts. Like, oh, let's do it in G. Yeah, there are some parts that I've I've heard I've heard Noel do some Oasis songs that Liam originally sung. He did a version of Champagne Supernova. Where I'm like, God, it sounds like it's a like, Jack song. It's probably, just not yeah. to me. You know? Well, he probably tunes it down half a step he, so yeah. he can sing because there's yeah. we used to cover uh, that song. And it's, it gets hard at certain parts, but otherwise it's a pretty easy song. But and it just shows too of like there's so many people who. Look at Hall and Notes, who just like they can't stay at the same hotel, but they still, but they know like we got to do this to make money. Yeah, and and with the Gallagher brothers, they're just like, nah, I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm good. Got enough. Same with the Black Crows. Same thing. Like they, they had the issues too. I read that. Still though, to this day, they got back together. Yeah, uh, for this thing, but the Gorman, Steve Gorman, wrote the book. I've got it up there, but he like he shit on them and gave all the the shit about. He was the drummer. Yeah, he's a drummer from beginning, and. uh, he said they'll never get back together, but yeah. then they did. Just I mean, I couldn't even them. imagine being in a band with my brother and be like, "Yeah, I know." I, I got two sons who are in that age in which it could be possible. So I don't even know if I'd push that for to happen. But uh, the last are thing you I'll say about that song: to play instruments. Uh, they already, I already kind of am. I got yeah. my son a little guitar, although he got it for uh, someone else. Got it, but I said buy it for him. And then um, they do seem to like music a lot. And then there's a little kids' drum set they'll bang around on. I brought my bro- my nephew. The first thing I did was I bought him a drum. Number one, so he played music, but also to just piss off my brother. Yeah, it's, like, it's a, it's it's a so good gift to do loud, that yeah. for. I don't mind it because I'm into it. What but were you going to say about Oasis? I was going to say the lyric to that last song, which is called Aqueous. Um, the opening lyric is, um, I don't know what it is that makes me feel alive. I don't know what it is that, um, well, what is the opening lyric? I totally had it and now I fucked it up. Oh, I don't know what it takes that makes me feel alive. I don't know what it is that sleeps inside. I only want to see the light that shines behind your eyes. I always, that, something about that just fucking always grabbed me as an opening lyric. It's just really badass. And then um, the another lyric is like, uh, I don't know, there's just a lot of positivity in Oasis's music where Nirvana it wasn't not positive. I always hate when people say Nirvana was depressing. It wasn't depressing to me. But then like there's something about being a little older where I wanted to change my headspace because as you guys know, I could definitely get into some negative spirals. I was like, I need something that's a little more uplifting. So Oasis kind of always had a little yeah. bit of a positive message. Nirvana's not negative. It's just a darker. They've got like it a darker is darker. Song. And even if it's a positive song, it brings you to a darker place. Before, so yeah. before we go to your last band, I do have to recognize that we've done this podcast for almost 50 episodes. And I thought by now there would be five people, six people that have Nirvana or Oasis songs. Yeah. And uh, we haven't it's had. It's pretty rare. It's pretty. Well, we haven't had uh, have Nirvana had or Oasis. No, we had no. Uh, we had it on. We talked about it on our on yeah. our shit, but yeah. uh, we didn't put them on any of our. Oh, did you have Ryan, the Ryan Adams cover? Why. 
I had no, I didn't. I didn't have that song. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, it's just, it's just. I we thought that when we started the I podcast, I can tell you guys why that hasn't happened. Why? Um, because a lot of the people you would have on were probably like, we got, I got to dig deep to show I'm cool, and they probably went for like cool songs instead of mainstream popular songs. Is my guess. This is a very dad list. Your list, yeah. Uh, I, I, I get it. it's well, very you're a dad. It, well, true, but I would and have had this list before. By I was a parent. Usually, we have someone will do one classic rock song or yes. band, and then mostly current stuff or all classics yeah or all classics right. yeah. i just think current stuff is a little bit boring to, and i like current stuff but i feel like if you're doing a playlist for a show to talk about songs why would you want to talk about a song that's out right now well no Everyone we like knows it we like songs that have stories like you've created the story sure um yeah. i was ready to shit on you for hard day's night but then you start talking why about do you yeah, want to sh- can i ask you why you want to shit on i just i just it's like uh, it's not a Beatles song that i would put on a list but you have a personal story it and it makes sense song. i don't know it's a fucking very <laughs> good song it's <laughs> I mean, Marty, song. would you? Is it one of your favorite Beatles songs? Uh, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I know it, but I, I'm, it's, I don't really have a, I don't know. I, I don't think, I just, uh, your story. I'll obviously. do Hate Prudence on the next fucking one, okay? You want to go Deep White Album, huh? You wanna I, go, uh, I'm not a White Album guy. You I like do Revolution, or what do you want? What do you like? Revolution would have been better than Heart Day's Night. Revolution's a great song. Yeah. It's especially good for the times now. Both versions. How much is it, with all the crazy shit going on in the world, why is there no good music right now? I feel like music there should, should be. What are you talking about? There's no good music. Not you really. mean based out of yeah. this stuff? You just it's think. I mean, it takes I, a couple dude, months. The late '60s and the '60s in general, with all the strife that went on in the world, assassinations mm-hmm. and civil rights and all the craziness, produced still some of the best music ever. But it didn't come out that same week. I mean, I know, right now, but it's still the shit's like going to come a out a year later. I hope. Let's. I mean, by the way, all the studios are closed right now. Well, I mean, I'm not saying like right now, but like you think. This stuff's been building up. No, I know, but I'm <laughs> saying like there's probably people that wrote these songs like shit, we got to go record. Like, oh fuck, we can't go to the studio. Yeah. There wasn't the Let's studios so. were open. Or they're just like I don't want to lose half my fan base. Cuz this <laughs> That's country true. Is so and for the people listening divided. who are thinking, man, he really is an old man. He doesn't like today's shit. I think today has the best television of all time. I just think music goes in waves. There's some decades I love and some decades I hate. Just cuz I think music isn't very good right what's now the, doesn't mean I don't think it'll be great in 2 years. What's the before we play your last song which 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 leans into that argument what's the last band or last song that you've bought uh, or got like enjoyed that has been created within the last 18 months or or after the 90s oh god i got a lot of stuff after the 90s no um, but i'd be saying like oh, what is last that that you 18 listen to? months yeah you know, it's funny the last album i bought i really like this local band I bought it. It came out in 2017 by a band called the Orwells. Yeah. Oh, great. they're and amazing. I, dude, great. But oh, you hear wait. about them? Oh, they, oh, got they, got they were on Letterman. They got canceled. They got canceled. Oh, what happened? I, dude, I was, yeah, oh. I was, I was about to buy tickets to see them at the Metro. That's right. In like 20, they got canceled in like 2018, maybe mid 2018. And then I went on their, I went to their Twitter to click, you know, for see if they had the ticket link for like a promo thing or something. And then, um, it said like, oh, the Metro show's temporarily canceled. I'm like, oh, it sucks. And like two days later, they had a tweet going, the, or- the Orwells have disbanded. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? And then underneath, there's all these comments going, that's what happens when so-and-so, it's like the the lead singer yeah. and the guitarist. Oof. But then everyone's else, like the the drummer and the band- bassist were brothers. And they were like, they're cool, though. Yeah. But like, I guess the main two were like real yeah, I mean, easy, like banging whole... 17-year-olds after shows and shit Well, they like were that. 17. They were like they kids. Start, they, were, oh. they were even then, even now, they're like 23. When they played when they played on Letterman, they, they were they were underage. They were like 19, yeah. I think. Yeah, 20. Because yeah. I remember oh, yeah. that contract. I know. The, the legalities of all the stuff of getting them signed and everything in Chicago, but they were amazing. Um, but, but bands that are out right now, I like Cold War Kids a lot. I like oh, yeah. Monkeys. I like. Um, were you ever a Radiohead guy? I, for a minute, for a minute. Okay, Computer. I like. Uh, I like some stuff off Pablo Honey. Obviously, or, their um, first big one. The, the Benz had some good songs. 
I think they're overrated as hell, to be honest with you, though. <laughs> I like I like, it's just not it's yeah. I like fun shit. That's why I think I say you know you're old when you uh, put on an episode of Saturday Night Live and you don't know the host or the band. Oh, like now, if you know yeah. one or the other, you're like I'm still hanging in there. But every no, once yeah, in a while, I'm just like, wait, yeah. what? Who? Yeah, the 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 musical guests they've had the last few times, I'm just like I didn't know who they are. But then, then I like the stuff that they're yeah. playing, so they're they're ahead of their time. I or, think there's some good rap right now, new stuff that I hear. Some of it I'm, I'm I like enough, you know. Um, Kendrick Lamar's stuff I, oh, I yeah. like, and and Chance's stuff's pretty good. But rock, like, but rock and roll music right now. But and also we're not in the car, weak. we're not hearing new stuff. That's curated for that's us. That's true. That's true. As well. um, I wonder how that would be to just like listen to like I, I'll watch these like uh, YouTube channels where they're just like for one week I woke up at four o'clock in the morning just like The Rock does. You know what I mean? And they do these challenges of like for one week we could only listen to like Q101 <laughs> on our phone from or, 1994. No, no, no. Oh, current no. Q101, oh. which is like I'm sure they play a lot of like that was our alternative station. I'm sure there was a whole lot of like. You know, there's obviously new stuff, but they probably play a lot of old stuff. They're back now, but they're 101.2. Yeah, they can't legally be cute. Yeah, I know. I met a guy who works there, and he was telling me, like, how legally we can't do it. We had James Van Ossel on the show, uh, or we did his show, too. Oh, nice. Well, the guy who owns Q101 was trying to sell it for, like, 300 grand, and it's like, no one wants to buy that. Yeah. Because people will buy the Monk. The nostalgia, yeah. Trademark. Yeah. Well, we're down to the last song, which uh, definitely uh, would be classified as dad rock, I think, as a dad and, and a guy influenced by his dad's music. Uh, Piano Man by Billy Joel. Oh. I know this from like watching memes now. They fuck around with this intro a lot. Do they? Yeah. See, it's funny, the dad rock thing, though, because, you know, I guess every song will eventually become dad rock. Sure. Of course. Know? Where I, when I think of dad rock, I think of songs that are specifically aimed towards dads. Like, yeah. this song wasn't aimed for fathers to, like, back when it originally came yeah. out. Where you'll hear a song now where you're like, this is aimed at dads. This just know? got dad energy. <laughs> it's got yeah. dad energy. Uh, but a good, again, story song. I talk story. about story songs. Right, we talk this about story, is a story song. It is a great story, and the video is really cool. And uh, for me, well, go ahead. What what is uh, well, why is this song? There's yeah. t- twofold. One, it's a family song. My older cousins were really into Billy Joel. My cousin Danny famously said Billy Joel the best ivory tickler since Beethoven, and uh, <laughs> it was just a line he made up. And and I went to see Billy Joel in concert with my, my cousins, and it was a great show. It wasn't with Elton John. No, it was oh. at the Hoffman. Uh, it was in Hoffman Estates at the Sears Center, way out oh. there, way out there. Yeah, this was like 2007. And um and like a, two years later he played it. Really Does he have a plaque on the uh, Sears Center like the Young Bucks uh, <laughs> and Kenny Omega do for selling for out, selling out uh, yeah. all in? All those all those arenas will have a plaque when they. I, I, yeah. Freaking! I, I when I lived in L.A. and you'd go to the Staples Center, they have a Taylor Swift banner. Oh, There's wow. like Lakers banners and like L.A. Yeah. Kings. Undertaker and Undertaker was saying that Madison Square Garden was always like so. It was like you know, wow, this like, you know you made it when you wrestled at Madison Square Garden. And he said before he'd go to the ring, he'd always look, and there was a, a picture of Muhammad Ali. And uh, now there's a picture of him, uh, like, dropping the leg on Kane underneath the Muhammad Ali picture. And he's like, that's pretty cool. Sino, you he see Kane's it. a politician, and he voted against wearing a mask, fucking which is idiot. hilarious because he wore a fucking mask as a wrestler. Idiot. Anyway, so this song um, is a family song. At every wedding, since my cousin Brian got married in 2005, he's the oldest of the grandchildren, this song has played at the end of the wedding, and you were at my wedding. I am so glad you brought up weddings. This is a whole other little thing to talk about. Okay, uh, <laughs> here we go. So this is at all weddings. Yeah. At every family wedding, so Billy, this was this on the final your, song. This was on your do playlist. Must playlist. Okay, okay. Must not play on your don't must play. not playlist. Yes, must play. Must so not. Joe famously had a do not playlist for his wedding. 
And man, this DJ just wasn't wasn't doing what he was told and started playing numerous songs off the Do Not Play list. At least three. If I and can. Joe finally had enough and flipped a table, which was so funny. At your wedding? Yeah, I flipped a table at my own wedding <laughs> uh, in anger. What was the third song? But I felt that I was in control. I believe there was like a Nicki Minaj song that Nicki just Minaj, sent you over the Nicki Minaj, Starships, I hated with a passion, which is funny because when I hear it now, I wedding, like the yeah. chorus. I like the chorus, but that song was so played at the time. I think she's a terrible rapper that go to the beach, eat, it's so dumb. <laughs> Pound of Bud Light, let's fucking, you know, it's just it's just bad. And it's like, your tits and ass, and now she doesn't sell any tickets because everyone's like, yeah, you suck too. Um, she like she fell off the face of the earth. You guys know what said about Nicki Minaj? Yeah, because she fucking was an annoying rapper that was overrated. Anyhow, um, uh, Adam Levine's song, Moves Like Jagger, I did not oh, want to yeah. hear. And then the third song, I can't remember, and a lot of people thought I was unreasonable with the third one. <laughs> they were like, oh, come on, that's a fun song. I man. just remember I mean, you being was. like, but it was American Pie. We'd be all trying to Donald talk, McClane. and then a new song would no, come on. No, it was an American Pie. Something Joe new? Would go, what the fuck is this song? Newish. Justin Timberlake? No, I like Justin Timberlake enough. Well, some of his songs. Taylor Swift. I can, honestly cannot remember. I wouldn't mind if Taylor Swift But that, was the third song I was I can't remember what the third one was, but it was another song. Over the like, Edge. I know Adam Levine I didn't want. I didn't want Nicki Minaj song, and maybe the third one, maybe it was like... I think it was a Kesha. It was a Kesha song. There you go. And um, I don't want. Yeah, it might have been that one. So what is overplayed? So did he? But I had a lot of new songs that were hot at the time. (laughs) That's amazing. So I had a nice mix. I because American Pie wouldn't have denied. Although that's not a really good wedding song because it's like twelve minutes long. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I was pissed off about that. But Billy Joel was always we. Everyone locks arms. It's a big circle around the dance floor, and it's nice because it's like no matter what your age is, you could dig singing along to this song. That's funny you say that. Good drunken like you need to. The music has lost that. Grab a mug of beer and bash it with your buddy as you hit lock arms and sing along. You know what I mean? I miss that. I like, dude. There's a great video of this guy who they were. At, I think it was a pub in Ireland. Oh, Mr. Brightside. Yes, yeah, that's pretty cool. Get, you get emotional watching that. Guy died. He would always sing this song or play this song. It was he, like his. He died, song. so they played it for him. They all fucking sing and just fucking like they're going Mr. crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's packed Irish pub. They're going with like 50 crazy. People. And they're singing along, and they're just throwing their drinks up because it's for their guy who died. And I, I did that similarly with a friend of mine. Um, like two years ago after he died, we all were loudly singing in a bar. And I'm like, God, you need more music like this. And I feel like Piano Man is still kind of a song like that where Everyone it's like, sings. let's fucking throw the beers up, where I don't see enough of that nowadays. And then another reason I like this song so much is because it reminds me of the life of a stand-up comedian. You know, it's not, you know, it's t- well, tell there's us a, a joke, line. funny man, in yeah, a yeah, sense, yeah. but there's lines in it. There's where it's lines like, in it that I, I agree with that, where it's like, I could, I should be, I should be in here. I should be, I want to get out like, of this It's like, what place. the hell are you yeah. doing here? Still, right, why right, you still, right. How many times have we played shit shows? I remember when you hooked me up with a show in the suburbs and, um, you know, oh, I, yeah, yeah. at the pizza place. The first time I did it was great. The second time wasn't that great, but um, it wasn't their fault, really. It was just, just a, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a weird situation. But the first time I did it, all these people were like, How, why would you ever be here? Why are you here? <laughs> you were amazing. And so you have that aspect of the song, but then you also have the part where it's the waitresses who practicing politics. Yeah, You know what I mean? We meet these people at, the at these clubs on the road and in Chicago where you're like, oh my God, this waitress is also a scientist or um, this bartender also was an MMA trainer. He's training to do MMA. Or like, teaching you know, you kids meet, at a school. Yeah, you got <laughs> like, all these school, good, right. cool people. So there's, I just kind of dug that aspect of like, there's so much more to every little person you meet. That guy who's drunk at the, you know, you know, Davey's still in the Navy and probably yeah. will be till he's dead. And they're just, I don't know, I like the... The picture peaks in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Those dudes. Yeah, definitely. Makes Me. sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We didn't, uh, Persians didn't like Billy Joel because he told, uh, Iran to fuck off. And, uh, 
they didn't forgive him until he he apologized like 20 years later. It was kind of a weird thing that. Why do you say the fuck off? Because when the, the they took the situation? hostages, yeah. But he told everyone. It was justified. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, you don't blame it on Americans who are like, hey, we, we didn't do it. Like, yeah, we didn't take you, that. But I was too young to deal with that. My, but I always, my brother used to always tell me that story because he was uh, in high school when that, or he was in grade school when that shit happened. But. Well, we've come to the end exactly on time, Joe. Uh, thanks for bringing your dad rock. Thank you. Podcast. It's so funny to me that <laughs> with that again and again, I'm very. Proud I don't of mean it in a bad way. This. It's not. No, but I just you know when I was making the list, part of me was like, "All right, do I go this way? Do I go deep? This cuts? is you. This do is I have songs I never heard before, or do I have songs with some? And I just know that so many people who you probably had on. Are going to go that route? I, of, oh, I want that song, but it's too popular. I which would is just pick, a weird thing to me that people uh, are like that. I knew you'd have an Oasis song and a Nirvana song. I didn't. I didn't know the rest, but yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's as we predicted. I don't know. I can't speak for Marty. Well, have me on. Was this episode fifty something of yours? No, we're in like forty still. Okay. Well, when you get into the hundreds, bring me back. <laughs> yeah, and I'll do. Version. I'll do the same bands but deep cuts. You'll do b- like bands that really you like deep. that have can't have been canceled, and you can put. Orwell's yeah, I can do those list. ones. No, it's funny because we'll the Orwell's the new the new stuff. I, I was I had a kick where I was trying to buy albums instead of just listening for free on Spotify. And I remember the Orwell's being like the last one I bought. And then someone asked me recently, like a week before they got canceled, I was telling someone, I'm like, we got to go to that show. They're and so then they good. got canceled. I didn't know about the, the cancellation. One of the few new bands I like, and they are creeps. Joe, where can people find out more about you and your uh, podcasts and your music? YouTube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. I'm all about my YouTube channel. I'm also, so good. Yeah, I'm also all it. over TikTok. Joe's a TikToker. I post just stand-up clips on TikTok. So, um Get it was fun that. seeing those uh, the gay dudes. How crazy is that? Uh, quoting your joke. I know, it was right? Real it's cool. really fucking fun. I enjoyed that too. But yeah, just JoeKilgallen.com. But just YouTube, I've got almost three hours of stand-up comedy content and other thing, podcast clips and other fun and stuff too. So awesome! Check that out. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Joe, on, man. Seriously, thanks for doing it. Our pleasure. Thanks for doing the podcast, Joe. We're gonna leave everybody with uh, one of the best songs of all time. Paul Farvar here for making some mixtape. I'm Marty DeRosa. And uh, Tapeheads, please, keep writing. Hold on, I want to wait Joe to figure this out. Hold on. Paul Marty I, I makes know, a Gmail.com. Yeah, it's the Weird Al version. <laughs> All right. God damn it. Bye, everybody. Marty.